Quick word before the show. News is happening fast, but doesn't take a lot of time to keep up. The NPR podcast, Up First, is the best way to get 10 minutes of the day's top news. Every weekday morning. Check out Up First on the NPR One app and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, y'all. This is Sam's Aunt Betty. Today on the show, from This American Life, reporter Zoe Chase, and one of the hosts of Reply All, PJ Vote. All right, let's start the show. Betty, Betty, Betty. She's the best. It <laughs> um, felt so good to hear Aunt Betty say my name. She did. She did. Okay. It's really nice. Hey, y'all, Sam Sanders here. It's been a minute. That was Aunt Betty. She sends her regards. We don't do theme music on Fridays. So each week we begin with a different song. I'll explain this song in a bit. It's for my two special guests who live in some place called Brooklyn. Um, we are in New York don't today. Blow it up. If you haven't guessed it already, we're taping at NPR's New York Bureau right on Bryant Park. It's a lovely rainy day. And I'm so happy to have two of my friends, and hopefully yours, in the booth today. Zoe Chase, PJ Vogt. Hi. Hey. You made the trek across the water Listen, to be with I used us in Manhattan. To do this every day. <laughs> this is like where I grew up into a reporter yeah. is this studio. PJ almost I didn't feel make a little it. too comfortable. I, how was your kayak ride over here? Uh it was very arduous. I, I was like I was like multiple app like Google Map and like Apple Maps like trying to figure out the best time to leave and then like <laughs> Got it at 10.01, I think. <laughs> so good. So good. Oh so I picked this song this week because I owe Jay-Z fans a bit of a second chance. I was really hard on him last week. On I, new oh, album. I know. I don't I know. like it. So I wanted to play an old Jay-Z hit. This song is called Brooklyn We Go Hard. Yep. It's from the soundtrack to Notorious. Yeah. Featuring Santa Gold. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over again. Brooklyn We Go Hard. I check, I rob, I sin. I like this song. It's for you guys. Jay-Z, I'm sorry. I but like this song, too. Just for the record, you have not changed your opinion about this <laughs> I don't like that album. I swore I was like, I'm not going to talk about the Jay-Z record with Sam. It's going to be all cordial and nice. I'm a guest here. Speaking of, I forgot to intro uh, what you guys do for like a living. PJ, you guys know from a wonderful podcast called Reply All. Zoe Chase works at some little startup down the street called, what is it, American Life Stories? What's that? This American Life. Yeah. No, but you sound like people that I'm trying to interview. <laughs> They're like, this is, I'm just doing a quick interview with America's Life Plan. And I'm like, eh, it's okay. You're a small health insurance. Yeah, no, literally, like, it's yeah. so embarrassing and weird. Anyway, yeah, thank you. Hi. Yeah. So we're here to talk about everything that happened this week. Everything. Big, small, news, fun stuff, culture, all the things. Uh, We got a few big topics to hit today. It is the anniversary of uh, last year's police shooting in Dallas. Uh, There's some weird hacking in the Ukraine that we should be talking about more, if PJ tells me correctly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And um, senators are home for recess over the holiday break, and they're facing pressure on health care and a health care bill, not just from their constituents, but also from, like, rich dudes. Yeah. Uh, We'll also call up a listener outside of D.C. and ask them what's going on in their neck of the woods. We'll have a game or two, and we'll end the show as we always do with our listeners telling me the best thing that happened to them all week. Okay, so you guys know how we start the show. Three words to describe your week of news and culture and stuff and whatever. I have three words. I assume you guys do, too. Who wants to go first? 
You start, PJ. You, oh, I, I was going to say you start, Zoe. I spent, the, I spent the whole week, like, worrying about my three words. <laughs> I know, like, it's just literally just three words. I know. Okay, I don't know that I did such a great... Here, okay, this is what, this is what I came up with. <laughs> See, I knew you would be neurotic about this, just like I was. <laughs> so I'm like, you start off with the neuroses, and then I'll look like a calm person. I'll, I'll break this. You run through the water. Uh, <laughs> politicians shouldn't travel. I think is that is mine for the week. Uh, okay. So let me walk it out. So so <laughs> now walk it out. Um, basically, like week started with Chris Christie. There was a government shutdown. State beaches in New Jersey were shut down. <laughs> well, one of the beaches happens to be in his front yard, and so he, he decided to vacation there alone with his family. And then when he was asked so alone. if he'd been out in the sun, he was like, "No, no, no, I haven't been out in the sun." <laughs> and news helicopter photographed him from the sky, looking at the news helicopter. Oh no, he said he said I didn't get any sun, and the reason he wasn't sun. lying is because he was wearing a hat. His his knees were out there. They were definitely his they were like red, were so sun kissed from a hundred feet in the air. I think with it, okay, there are bigger things to be mad at Chris Christie about. Definitely. Okay. Yes, there are definitely bigger things to be mad at Chris Christie about. I enjoyed it. I just enjoyed the idea that you're a politician. You spend all your time trying to make people like you and trying to to, yeah. to not like have unforced errors. And then like you kind of know things aren't working out anyway, and you're kind of done. You're just like, you're like screw it. I'm I don't just care. Completely enjoy power. Like he's completely. Like, he's like in his Britney Spears shaved head phase yes. with the umbrella on the SUV. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Anyways, I cut story. you off from your three words. Uh, no, 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 no. So, so he's like he's like the real exhibit A. But but then like the Blasio, like Bill de Blasio, mayor of New York City, he like local press is really mad at him because he just very suddenly was like, Hey, I'm at the airport, I'm going to Germany now. Really? De Blas yes. is not here. For the G20? Here? Yeah, he was like, I'm gonna go You have to tell them. I hate to hear that de Blas is not here working on the massive problems that we have. No, like he needs wait, to be at What's your Cuomo's, massive problem? He needs to be at Cuomo's door being like, fix the trains. Cuomo's the governor of New York. Sorry, yes. And th- there's an emergency, a state of emergency in the city of New York over the trains. If you saw that person trying to claw their way out of the F I on saw YouTube that. It was recently, insane. I can't believe de Blas would like, leave but us you at know this what, moment. Though? de Blas can't fix that without money. Yeah. If, if, if New York doesn't want to pay a lot of money to fix the subway, it's not going to be fixed whether de Blas is here or not. Maybe he's meeting with investors over there. <laughs> no, he's going to yell at Trump. He's going to a bunch of anti-Trump protests in Europe. He's going to the so, protests? Yeah. He's like the speaker at one of the protests. So so they're mad at him for going there. Yes. And then, like, Trump's, like, in Poland, like, talking about how the West makes great symphonies and whatever. Like, I just feel like <laughs> every politician should be forced to stay in the place where they serve constituents, and they shouldn't be allowed to get on planes. But you know what? When Trump took office, he didn't go anywhere for a while, and everyone was like, well, why isn't he traveling? Yeah, I guess if you're president, you kind of can't win. What are your three words, Zoe? Oh, um, we gonna die. (laughs) 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 Okay. What is happening today? (laughs) Okay, I got really excited about North Korea's missile launch. Excited? Is that the word you want to (laughs) use? I mean, impressed. Like... (laughs) Is that the word you want to use? <laughs> I couldn't, like, I mean, North Korea, like... They're it, a thing. They just, they did it. They've been saying they're going to do it. <laughs> they're using, like, all of their GDP to do this thing. Yeah. And they're doing this thing. And, and like, there's no options. Like, yeah. there are no good options. Like, clearly sanctions don't work. You can't put, mm-hmm. like, more pressure on North Korea already. Like, they and, don't get anything. Yeah. Tweeting at... China seems like just... not a great strategy. So favorite, far. Favorite Trump tweet about the whole North Korea thing. Mm-hmm. He said about North Korea's dictator, doesn't he have better things <laughs> to do with his life? Doesn't he have better things to do with his life? 
Clearly not. I know. I'm like, if you're trying to make fun of the dictator of North Korea and to like shame him into doing something like more constructive, like, like first of all, check yourself and look at the man in the mirror. But also like that he doesn't get shamed yeah. by that. It's like telling People North have been Korea. Making fun of him for a while. It's like saying North Korea. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> like, what, what are you? No. It's right. such a subtle level of diss. It's so. <laughs> Yeah. Funny. I have three words. Yeah. Get over yourselves. That's mm. not specifically. Right. Me and PJ immediately <laughs> that personally. Like, well, immediately. <laughs> it's, it's to the press and continual stoking of the fires of the war with the media and Donald Trump. Like last week, we were all consumed with Trump's tweets about Mika Brzezinski from Morning Joe. That story continues to snowball. And now there was so much chatter over whether or not CNN was going to publish the name of the guy on Reddit who Please made say the his video. Name. Oh, I don't know his name. No, but say the Oh, name his username. His username. Oh, what's his username? It's Han Solo. Han Apple Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Those were going to be my three words. I was like, this is where we're at, America. Yes. And so, like, he made the video of Trump wrestling a dude with a CNN mask on. And everyone's like, this promotes violence against journalists. But CNN got further into it this week when they said, we won't publish this guy's name because he apologized. But if he makes us think otherwise down the road, we might publish his name. And it was just one more time where the media made itself the story when it shouldn't. I don't know. Like I was this. I have a lot of thoughts about this. I'm gonna try to yeah. rein some of them in. But um, how how CNN f this up, which was like basically Andrew, what's his face, K file guy, yeah. who is really good, who's really, really good. good, and a journalist I totally respect. He was done with his story, and then the lawyers at CNN like came in and wrote this like kind of graph that was basically like, here's why we're not publishing his name. But but so like the way this line was written, it sounded like. Like, I think what the lawyers thought they were saying was there's a man on the Internet who said a bunch of hateful things, but he never knew he was going to be so famous. So we're not going to say his name because he, he should he should be allowed to just like retreat from that. What it came off as was he should be allowed to retreat from that. But if he does anything bad, CNN will name him. I don't think the lawyers seemed to realize that that's that what they were that that is what they were expressing. It. Definitely wasn't what the reporter was trying to do. But there's also a whole country that does not live in that media world. They just don't. Yeah. And, like, that's, to me, what is the disconnect. Like, all of D.C. spent all week going back and forth over the video and the K-file and the lawyer's note. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, one, healthcare is happening. North Korea is happening. G20 is happening. State budgets are going crazy across the country. Mm-hmm. It just feels like every week the press finds a reason to be obsessed with itself and not the news. I, I totally so, agree to which with I that. say, get over yourselves. Yeah, it's so hard though. I mean, I mean, maybe I I'm the worst person, or maybe I'm a good person to be here because I am so fascinated by the things that like you are right. Like people should be less fascinated by. But if you're if you're Andrew Kaczynski, right? It's like you did this piece. You're at a new like he's been at CNN for not very long. The lawyers say they have to put something in. They put it in. A huge part of the internet goes crazy at you. You have the president's son going on Twitter saying. That the subject of your story is a thirteen-year-old who is, which is or, not is true. a child, which isn't true, right? A fifteen-year-old girl. A fifteen-year-old girl. There, there are now people outside your actual home, like like people who are angry outside your house. You have the president in Poland talking smack about CNN because of you. <laughs> and so, like, yes, like, we, like there are more important things than that story for the rest of America. 
but also if you're like Andrew Kaczynski, you're going to write about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how, like, I think you're right. I just don't know actually how to get there. Well, just, we'll, yeah. well, we'll figure it out by the end of this podcast. Thank God. And get back to you guys. <laughs> Time for break now. An earned break. Yes, yes. Uh, we'll be right back with Long Distance, where we call up a listener outside of D.C. and see what's going on in their neck of the woods. Okay, be right back. Support for this podcast and the following message come from WordPress.com. Every small business wants to find their customer base. Now your customers can find you too when you create a website on WordPress.com. WordPress powers 28% of all websites. They have hundreds of customized themes to get you started. Just pick a template and make it your own. Plus, 24-7 support when you need it so you can get back to business. Go to WordPress.com slash minute to get 15% off your website today. All right, we're almost time to go around the table and swap stories of the week. But first, a thing we do every week, it's called Long Distance. A little bit of Drake. We're calling up someone right now. Today on the line from Peoria, Illinois, we have Jason. Hey, how are you, Sam? Hey, man. I'm good. That's a very good phone connection. <laughs> hey, I want to know why only a little bit of Drake? Why can't we have a whole lot of Drake? <laughs> you don't know me that well. <laughs> I was just talking. Who was I talking to the other day? Oh, I was at dinner with friends last night, and they were talking about how Drake is starting this new friendship with Margaret Atwood, who wrote The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> it's because everybody in Canada has to be close friends with each other, particularly if they're successful. <laughs> or are you Canadian? No, but I went to school there. And so everybody I know from college went to prom with Drake. Like, he's in all their prom pictures. <laughs> That's Anyways, awesome. we're not here to talk about Drake. We're here to talk so about jealous. Jason. Jason, you just heard PJ and Zoe, my two good friends, here on the show with me today. Hey, guys. Um, Hi. How are things out there in Peoria, Illinois? You know, um, it's, it's mixed feelings in Peoria today, I think. Why is that? <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the Illinois budget finally passed. Um, I we've saw been that waiting this two, We've been waiting two years for this to happen. Um, but it, it passes with a 32% tax hike to our income tax. So that, that's the frustrating that's point. That's big. But, yeah. yeah. Wow. You know, it's, so there have been these crazy budget things going on, not just in, in like Illinois, but also in Kansas and like in other places. And it's gotten really dire. These states have like not had enough money to function. In this two-year yeah. budget crisis, how bad did it get in Illinois? Well, I will say that you know school districts, you know, mo most recently within the past couple of months since the previous school year um, ended, you know, they they've been saying that like, look, guys, we don't have enough cash in the bank to operate wow. but more than maybe a few weeks of the coming school year. So that's been you know that's been rough. Um, so I'm glad that a budget has passed because of that. An another example here locally in Peoria, there's a, a domestic violence organization here. It's called the Center for Prevention of Abuse, and they had all of their state funding pulled at the end of last year um, during kind of a stopgap budget that was put in place. Wow. And so, I mean, it's good that the budget has passed. There's a lot of services that happen for the people in Illinois, um, but the, the cost right. of that is just a little bit high for, for my taste. Yeah. So were you personally affected by these cuts? Like, what do you do out there? Yeah. So I actually, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I own three, three businesses. One, one fire is the name of my, <laughs> my primary business. We do, um, um, you know, stuff in the digital space, but it hasn't really affected me a lot. Uh, my kids are young enough that they're not in public school yet. Okay. Um, but it felt like if you lived in Illinois, all that you heard about was politics 
for forever. So you can imagine, you know, being other places in the country and, and hearing about that. But man, when you start talking about, you know, the things happening nationally, and then on top of that, oh, the state doesn't have a budget and the, you know, the political mess that Illinois is in. I mean, four of our past nine governors have ended up in prison. So no, it's not wait, like, no, 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 no. Yeah, four yeah, out of nine. Illinois. Yeah. I know Blagojevich with Blagojevich the, is still serving a 14 year sentence. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Right now. George Ryan before others? that, Otto Kerner before that, Dan Walker. Wow. I mean, everything from bank fraud to uh, racketeering and bribery. Uh, racketeering fact, sounds like such in... a fun crime. <laughs> <laughs> racketeering. It's a mess here. Um, but I will say there's a lot of great things going on in, in the greater Peoria area. <laughs> He's like, actually, <laughs> He's like, wait, let, lot me, of, let me yeah, bring it back a, a little of, bit to Peoria. There's a lot of economic development things happening here, which is good. Um, okay. But the the problem is getting businesses to open up shop in, in Illinois anywhere is just difficult because it's wow. kind of the just the state that the economy is in here. Huh. Can I just ask? So you you have three businesses? Yeah. Well, one's there? just a side hustle, but hey. I, I have two businesses. <laughs> and a side hustle. You're like, but when I'm adding up my businesses, <laughs> what's the what's the side hustle? Yeah. Don't yeah, worry about I that, BJ. <laughs> I sell T-shirts uh, on a website oh, called Greater, yeah, Greater Peoria Apparel. It's all about Wait. basically pride, you know, prideful T-shirts about the Greater Peoria region. You love the place you're from. I do, yeah. I mean, I'm really passionate about this area. The other nice thing about it, strategically, we're only three hours from Chicago, three hours from St. Louis, three hours huh. from Indy, and three hours from Des Moines. So we're like really in the, the center of the Midwest. And so if we can be anywhere without, you know, taking a plane. I do want to point out, though, if my notes read correctly, one of your other side hustles is that you're a DJ. Oh. Hey, I've been doing that for 18 years. I started wow. that in high school. It paid for my college with no student loans. What? And I've got... 26 part-time employees now, and we DJ over 200 events every year in the Peoria area. Stop it. Can I ask one DJ question? Sure. So do you DJ, like, wedding, like, like, like weddings and things like that? Sure. Why? When did Hey Ya stop being a wedding song? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you know what? I'll tell you, things on the coast die and start sooner and, you know, than they do in the Midwest. So it's still a great wedding song here. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's a great wedding song. No, I just, it was literally also, like every wedding. And, yeah. and for me, no weddings also, this year had Hey how does, how does that song die, but the Cupid Shuffle lives on? Yes. <laughs> I digress. Yeah. Question. Um, That's a great question. Really quickly, what are your fun plans for the weekend, man? Yeah, so, you know, 4th of July craziness last weekend. Um, in fact, little known fact, uh, Peoria has the largest fireworks display in the whole state of Illinois. Uh, and nothing says America like blowing up $100,000 in the sky on the 4th of July, right? Um, yeah, so I think we're, my wife and I are probably just going to be low-key this weekend, uh, spend Saturday by the pool, go to church on Sunday. I'm dedicating my son at church on Sunday, so Congratulations. What's your son's name? His name's Arlo. He's uh, four weeks I old that name. Uh, today, <gasps> actually. I'm sending good Congrats. vibes to you and Arlo. I hope he doesn't hey, cry hey. during the christening because babies a lot of times <laughs> yeah. do that. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. He is a baby. Yeah, he is a baby. <laughs> well, hey, have a wonderful weekend. Send us a playlist or two. Nice hey, to meet I'll you, do Jason. that. Thanks, Sam. Right, good man. talking to you guys. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you too. Goodbye. Y'all don't want to hear me. You just want to dance. All right, now it's time for the part of the show where we swap some stories from the week that was, a piece we're working on, a piece that we've been obsessed with, whatever. 
Um, I'm going to go first because mine is a little bit heavy. Today is July 7th, which means it's exactly a year to the day since a very tragic shooting in Dallas uh, when police officers were ambushed by a shooter after a Black Lives Matter protest in downtown Dallas. Uh, Five officers were killed. Nine others were wounded. Large swaths of downtown were closed down as a crime scene. It was the biggest crime scene in Dallas history. Um, and I was there for a few days covering that story. I actually talked to UPJ from yeah, Dallas I while I was out there. Um, but I wanted to revisit that story one year out. Mm-hmm. Because with so many of these shootings, it's very easy to forget them. But those cities live with that stuff forever, you know? So one of the big problems that they had when the shooting happened was that the police department was overworked and underpaid. Uh, they were losing hundreds of officers because police officers could make more money in the suburbs than yeah. in Dallas. And so you had this police department that actually had a really good relationship with the black community, had a black police chief. The police chief, he seemed like a really interesting great person. Guy. And so the like, way he was talking about it was like very yeah, nuanced, I remember at exactly. the time. And so you had this really respected police department. So one, they're caught off guard by this shooting because everyone thought that Dallas had a pretty good relationship between the black community and police. Right. And There two, were police marching, not along, marching yes. exactly like part of the Black Lives Matter protest. But, but they were, were there in solidarity. Totally. Basically. And and being like, we're protecting you or we support you in a certain type of way. Like, it seemed like a good... Yeah. yeah. So I went and reached out to some of my Dallas folks. Uh, I talked to some folks at KERA. That's public radio station out there. Um, and I talked with Chris Conley, a reporter out there, and Rick Holter, who runs the station. My former editor. Yeah. Shout out to Rick. And all things Yes. And so, like, what Rick and Chris told me was that there was a thinking that this groundswell of support for police after the five officers were killed would lead to some changes to help the lives of police in Dallas, i.e. higher pay, Mm -hmm. restoring their pension, supporting them as they do this work. They said that's not happened at all yet. Hmm. And and the investigation is still going on. And so one of the stories that I was obsessed with in this larger Dallas story was uh, a woman who was shot. Uh, during the shooting. Her name is Shatamia Taylor. She is a black woman who went to the Black Lives Matter protest that night with her sons because they wanted to go and they were upset about what they were seeing in the news, you know, men that look like them being killed. Mm -hmm. So Shatamia Taylor takes them out there and as they're leaving the protest, um, she gets shot. I was shot and we were caught in the middle of a... What can only be described as a uh, horrific gun battle. And so I heard her story last year when I was there, but I had her reach out to me today. And she said basically once she got shot, her first instinct was, as she's bleeding, to cover her children. So she moves to get her kids down, cover them. But then she says all of these cops come to cover her. We had uh, four, for sure. Five. We had five officers around us, but four of them, one of them was on my back. Uh, one of them was uh, over my head, sitting there. One was right next to me. There was another one that was standing up next to us, um, and they all just surrounded us. And she said over and over to me, she said, they covered us. They covered us. Mm. Uh, and it was such a beautiful point in the story. She's in the hospital, and she talks later about how she met the officers. But what I found the most interesting about this is that one of her sons uh, has said for years that he wants to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. And Shatamia told me, she's like, oh, yeah, I was out there at the Black Lives Matter protest, but I support my police officers. I support Dallas PD. I know that most of them are trying to do 
the Lord's work. And she said, my son still wants to be a cop. And I asked her about that. I said, with all that happened, does your son feel the same way? And she said, yes. It has not changed for him. And I still support my son in that decision. And I, I, uh, I encourage him to continue to want to be exactly what it is he wants to be in life. And that is an officer of the law. And so we talked to more, and she basically said, I want Dallas and America and all of us to understand kind of both sides of this equation. And she says that the officers that helped her out that day, they're now lifelong friends. And there's just like, there's so much gray space, like we talked about when I talked with you yeah. last year, PJ, that you don't get at in that initial wave of coverage. And Shatamiya is just proof of that. Yeah. I mean, I remember the other feeling when Dallas happened, besides obviously just like the first order of it, like people who had died and the violence of it, just feeling like, oh God, like a Black Lives Matter protest, a police shooting, it felt like we're bad at processing stuff like this as a country. We're bad at processing fast. It felt like it was going to be so bad. And I think partly because of that police chief, like it, it, it feels like it was not actually yes. as inflammatory as it seemed yeah. like. Mm-hmm. And there's something, I think what is nice about hearing her story is just, I don't know, that that whether or not as a country we're able to process complexity, the people close to the actual yeah. tragedies things are. They are. And, and, and like yeah. the hope is that like those cooler heads and those – that thoughtfulness kind of just trickles out into the universe and like and like gets over because like reading Twitter that first night when the shooting happened, you would have thought we were about to go into a race war. Oh my god, yeah, that is true. It was I so bad. Yeah. And then I get there and I'm like, oh, different. Yeah. And you were saying, I mean, a thing that is absolutely always true, but you were saying then you were like, Twitter's not the real world. Twitter's not the real world. Being here, it's so clear. The internet is not the real world. Yeah. Um. Thank God. Thank God. All right. Uh, who wants to go next? Zoe, you want to go next? Okay, so I got excited about this. So I have like, you know, when you do a story or whatever, like we do, I keep putting Google alerts on the people in my stories. You <laughs> really? know? Like, oh, you're obsessive. Well, <laughs> that's the whole job. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the job is to be obsessive. So I keep, you know, to see if like anything evolves with these people, yeah. right? And so I did a profile last year of this um, Texas donor. He was he ended up donating to Trump, but he was like trying to figure out which – a Republican to donate hmm. to because there were a name? lot of them. His name is Doug Deason. He's not like a famous guy. I remember his rich. story was great. His dad okay. is, is rich. Best way so to get rich. rich. They're rich like Jay-Z and Beyonce <laughs> rent their yacht Shut to it. go to the Amalfi Shut Coast. It. What was so great about your story that I remember <laughs> is it would be like it felt like all these meetings with these really rich people and mm-hmm. Republican candidates and it was almost like 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 Dating mixed with like arranged marriage dating, where it was <laughs> yeah, like, it was like arranged marriage style dating, like, like just oh, wow. very much like we're gonna go through these paces and then we're gonna like give you you know like two million dollars if this goes yeah. well. So he gives but, to Trump. Trump wins. Story's yeah. closed, right? Right. So yeah. So like, why do I still have the Google alert on him? Like I even forgotten about him. But he comes up this week because he's running around being like the shop is closed. You guys in Congress get Obamacare repealed and replaced. Get tax reform done. Or else. It's not that hard. You have the House, the Senate, and the presidency. Or, like, we're done. Like so he's saying book. that he'll cut the money. Totally. Wow. In this way that I find How like, does he so do it? Does he, like, funny. go to their office? Does he call them? What no, does he do? I'll tell you. Like, this is what happens is, like, the way these guys work, like, Dallas, actually, speaking of, is, like, the – it's a huge – The nexus of GOP money. Piggy bank, exactly, for any Republican candidate. So they give money to candidates up and down, tickets all over the country. So, like, they got approached by um, Mark Meadows, 
head of the Freedom Caucus, oh. North Carolina, being like, hey, can you host a fundraiser for us? Uh, Jim Jordan of Ohio, a guy I don't know. He's a rep. Like, not some major guy, but, like, they'll call the decents to be, like, host a fundraiser. And they were like, oh, no. We're not hosting a fundraiser for you. Is that going to have more sway with these Republicans in Congress than the people who are protesting their offices? See, this is what it made me think about. First of all, I feel like the whole conversation has been about, like, what do constituents think about Obamacare? And, like, I had forgotten about the huge weight and pressure of the donors. donors Because those meetings are not – they're not in town halls. You're not going (laughs) to see Doug Deason dirtying it up in a town hall. He's, like – He's on these phone calls that are not public and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. So they're having all they're getting all this pressure from donors at the same time that they're getting pressure from constituents. But the constituent pressure is one that we can all see and measure Uh and discuss. But the donor pressure is like totally secret. Like you don't know about that. You don't know about money that's not being given. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they do. But that being said, so. In the story that I did, yes. it was very clear that Doug actually had no power. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean? Meaning, like, he had a lot of money, but that's not why Trump got the nomination. You're right. You know what I You're mean? Right. Like, that wasn't determined. Like, Republicans, pla- Republican donors like Doug, who's a member Jeb of— Because Jeb had the most money, and yeah, Jeb didn't do anything. Exactly. Exactly. So the Koch network, right? Like Koch they brothers. Were, they were kind of—the Koch brothers, you know, huge, like, very kind of almost libertarian-type— um, money network, meaning like they really don't like government involvement in anything, like yes. rollback Medicare, Medicaid, yes. Social Security, no Department of Education, no Department of uh, – no EPA, like just no – as little government as possible. They have a lot of money, but that's not what that election year, the presidency anyway, was about. Well, in 16, it was all about how money doesn't matter because Hillary had – at the end of the election, Hillary was giving away money to down-ticket races. She had that much money. Yeah. She still lost. Donald Trump – Really didn't even care to fundraise that much. Yeah. Literally. And he still won. Yeah. Anyway. So it's like, I just, I don't know, like I had sort of two responses to this where I was like, one, don't forget the pressure that's on all these guys from the rich people. That you can't see, but that it's you can't very see. much there. Yeah. But at the same time, I actually don't have a calibration of how that pressure matters. Also, if they do pull all their money, where does, like they need... They need influence. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, who would they give it? They love giving money to these, like, think tanks that are, like, in all these different states that sort of put forth these limited government ideas mm-hmm. and kind of, like, spread those ideas out into the world. So what I imagine Doug Deason and his dad are going to do is just, like, pour money into Texas Public Policy Institute and all these other kind of libertarian-y and also style because, like, think tanks. It's probably a more bang for your buck to invest in state legislatures yeah. that are controlled by one party because mm. they'll pass something. Oh, yeah. Well, they – yeah. There's a lot of money in the Texas state legislature yeah. from guys like the yeah. Decents. If you want to hear more about Zoe's phenomenal reporting on oh. said topic, check out an episode of – This American this Life. Ameri- wait. American Life <laughs> Stories. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's called it. Get Your Money's Worth. Okay. Uh, PJ, one, do you, how much time do you have left with this? I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. Brent keeps texting me. He's like, is PJ okay? And I'm, I'm like, okay. Oh, my God. Okay. He's like obsessed with you. I appreciate <laughs> that. PJ's a delicate fuck. PJ, how are we going to get PJ from Brooklyn to Manhattan? I'm like, how why does nobody do- care about <laughs> my time? I get my life force from the Gowanus Canal. So like the further away I am, like the weaker I become. <laughs> I'm watching you melt. <laughs> 
What's your story, PJ? Okay, so just caveat. Like, I do not totally understand my story yet. Well, I'm, then get out of the booth. I'm, but it's so fascinating. Okay, it's so okay. crazy. What is the story? Okay, so it's a story about cyber attacks, about hacking, which I don't care about those stories typically. Wait, but, you host a technology podcast. Yeah, but like <laughs> hacking stories, they're always overplayed. It's always like somebody downloaded a Trojan horse who happens to work at a nuclear power plant, and then it's like... Russians are attacking nuclear power plants. Like, we never know that much. We're really scared. It's always the end of the world, but the world never ends. Like, I don't like these stories. Okay. But this one story. Okay, so I was working on, like, an unrelated thing. Whatever. That doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) A guy that I was, was, like, using in a story, a source, got really scared in a way about this hacking attack that happened. um, It started last week in the Ukraine. And what happened was, like, Ukraine has a, a national holiday called Constitution Day, which is— Oh, we have that, too. So, But theirs is independence from Soviet Union. Oh. And, uh, and so on that day, everything broke. Like, like beginning of Terminator movie, everything broke. Like, ATM machines stopped working. Really? Power grids go offline. Like, Y2K, what people thought What people thought happen. Y2K would be like— Oh, my God. I hadn't thought about Y2K in years. <laughs> okay, so first, the first thing that happened is they were like, you tried to go on your computer and you get a message being like, "You, it's ransomware. You have to give us 300 Bitcoin, whatever. But what people quickly realized is that didn't work. Like, even if you sent the money, there was no way to decrypt it. So wow. it was supposed to look like they were after money, but they just wanted to destroy things, which is really scary. Wow. And so Who do they think did it? Russia. Like, everybody okay. is basically like Russia did it. Um, and, and so there have been investigators that are trying to figure out what's going on. And the latest theory is so frightening and, and interesting, which is that... Basically, there's a there's an accounting software in Ukraine called Medoc, which okay. basically Quicken. Like, it, there's, oh, yeah. it's Quicken. Okay. Like, 80% of Ukrainian businesses use this accounting software. Yeah. So, months ago, somebody hacked in mm-hmm. and they made it – they got access to, like, the home base of that. Yes. So, 80% of businesses are, like – Whatever, they get the update. Like, you know, you get, like, Microsoft Windows. And the update brings a virus to you. The update brings a virus. Mm -hmm. But why – who – what is their – why do they want to do this if not for money? So this is why it's so scary, okay? So basically for three months, 80% of businesses in Ukraine, their computers were totally compromised. Yeah. You could steal passwords. You Mm -hmm. could steal account information. And then – for some reason, on Constitution Day, they decided rather than keeping that access, they'd rather burn everything down. Oh, my God. Hmm. And so, so like— So they're like, oh, these must be Russian patriots. They must be Russian patriots or they're Russian— ha- like, like, basically, they're like, what that means is that this really invasive, crazy thing they pulled off, they're not worried about getting back in. Um, and and it, it and hurting us is worth more than money. So so like they just want to cripple Ukraine. Yeah, and they don't mm-hmm. care about the money, and they just want to cripple Ukraine. And what had just happened was Ukraine had, in response to Russia meddling in the France French elections, they'd said like, okay, new rule: we're banning all these Russian websites that people love, like Yandex, which is like Google, VK, which is like Facebook. They were like, nobody in the Ukraine is going to access this stuff. They also said nobody's using Russian Quicken. Everybody's going to have to use Medoc. And then this thing happened. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. It's terrible. So then, I mean, I guess as an American news consumer, the entire conversation about Russian hacking has been very Western Europe and American focused. They hacked America. They hacked America. They hacked France. What does this and how does this help us put in perspective how Russia is doing this all over the world? Are they more concerned with hacking Ukraine now than us? Like, where are we in the hierarchy of the hacking? Like, it's obviously a global operation. It's obviously a global operation. I mean, one thing is, oh, my God, what they do to us is nothing compared to what they're able to do in other countries. But it also like the day the day where 
if somebody were able to do that in the U.S. to an, a popular American company that was constantly pushing software out, like, like Apple, like Apple, like if or Apple, Google Docs, or Google Docs, yeah. if Apple was able to send stuff in every iOS update that was a virus, mm-hmm. we would be over. We'd be over. We'd be over. And it just it made me think, like, I was like, oh, what would today be like? Like, I wouldn't have been able to take the subway here. I wouldn't have been able to get, like, ATM money out of the machine. Like, if the power is out, like... And it's such a reminder that, like, the battleground of the future is, like, in the cloud. Yeah. It's in the ether. It is digital. And, like, we forget that. Like, warfare is changing so quickly. I feel like the theme of this week, like, of all the things we've discussed, basically, is that the things that are invisible are, like, the important things. And we're yeah. constantly undercounting them. Like The invisibilia? The inv- <laughs> so, like, so, your, so your three words are open your eyes. Open your eyes. <laughs> real eyes, real eyes, real lies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so are we starting this Brent, podcast that stays or in. what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> All right, time for one more quick break. Then we'll come back with a game and end the show as we always do with our listeners telling us the best thing that happened to them all week. Support for this podcast and the following message come from thinkaboutyoureyes.com. Did you know that your eyes are windows to your soul and your body's health? In fact, a yearly comprehensive eye exam could detect early signs of serious health issues like diabetes, heart disease, or even the possibility of stroke early enough for you to seek treatment. Be sure to visit your eye doctor every year and you just might save more than your vision. Find an eye doctor near you at thinkaboutyoureyes.com. Hey, it's Guy Raz here. If you love this podcast, you might also love the TED Radio Hour. It's a show about what it means to be a human. We grieve, we experience joy, sadness, love, and jealousy. We can be cruel and empathetic. We have the capacity to imagine the future and the past. And at a time when it seems we're so divided, the TED Radio Hour explores what makes us unique among all species. Find it on Apple Podcasts, the NPR One app, or however you get your podcasts. It's time for game. It is called. Ooh, who said that? Who said that? The game is called Keep Who Said That. <laughs> it's one of my favorite games. It's very simple. I share a quote from the week, and you guys have to guess who said that. We will do three today. The winner gets nothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna play that. Yeah. Okay. First quote. Our passion for the Bible continues, and we will do all that we can to support the efforts to conserve items that will help illuminate and enhance our understanding of this great book. I know this. Who said that? This is a great story. Who's going to buzz in first? Do you want to do it together? Yeah, let's do it together. All right. Three, two, one. Hobby Hobby Lobby. Lobby. (laughs) That's it. Um, You're right. So that was a statement from Hobby Lobby. This is a party supply store that I remember fondly from my youth. Um, Hobby Lobby is the same company that actually had a landmark case before the Supreme Court back in 2014. They won the right to not pay for health care plans that cover birth control. Anyways, they're back in the news this week for a thing they did not win. They got in trouble because Mm -hmm. they were illegally importing thousands of ancient Iraqi artifacts for a Bible museum that they're building near the National Mall in D.C. It's such a good story. It's such a good story. (laughs) So apparently they were trying to get all these old Bible artifacts and they were buying from like smugglers who smuggled this stuff out of ISIS-controlled Iraq. 
and they just like wrapped it up like it was like your mom's pottery. They said the, the boxes said like tile samples and stuff like that. Right. And customs like at some point opens up is like these are ancient cuneiform tablets. <laughs> they like purposely shipped them in a way that they bypassed customs. Yeah. And, and they we, were like, we, oh my God, we didn't know that you weren't supposed to take the. And then they were like, we, so why are you like lying on the boxes of what they are? They had to pay like $3 million. In their statement, they say, quote, we have accepted responsibility and learned a great deal. Mm. <laughs> I just like, at no point. Don't be smuggling. Yes. <laughs> also, <laughs> well, also, like, when they were buying the artifacts, the buyers they brought it from, they didn't meet them. They didn't have a face-to-face. Mm-hmm. The sellers basically were like, just ship some money to this bank account. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. <laughs> Next quote. I am a gay man right now, just without the physical act. Oh, I know who did this. I know <laughs> who did this. It was an actor. Yes. First name, Andrew. Ah, oh, shit. This is going to drive me crazy. Last name, famous cartoon cat. Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Oh, Spider-Man? Yes. Yeah. Well, he's, so he's in the news again because he's appearing in a London production of Angels in America. This is a Kushner play all about AIDS and the gay best. life. It's a lot. Yeah. I don't know if I, I – it's a lot. Yeah, the movie. Yeah, the movie's a lot. Yeah. Anyway, he talked about how he prepares for his role, and he said this about his preparation to play a gay man. He's straight. He said, every Sunday I would have eight friends over, and we would just watch Rue, RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. I mean, every single series of RuPaul's Drag Race. I mean, every series. This is my life outside of this play. I am a gay man right now, just without the physical act. That's all. Sweetie. How do you feel about this? Andrew. <laughs> Baby girl. Sis, that's not how it works. No, just be like, <laughs> I'm an how actor. How about just be like, my job is to act, and so I've been acting. Gay don't work that way. That's not how it works. That'd be like Zoe Chase saying, you know what made me black? I listened to the whole Marvin Gaye back catalog, and now I'm black. All right, this one's a good one. Last quote is, I want to have an eight-mile moment, but eight-mile meets Notting Hill. Oh, I know who this is. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. He's working on a movie all about his life. So musical (laughs) biopic. Mm -hmm. Because America needed that. No, nobody wants more Ed Sheeran. He said, I really have had enough in my life. I like Shape of You. I don't know. (laughs) He, He went on to say, not gritty like Detroit, but like Ipswich. I've got loads of songs about Ipswich that haven't come out, so I can make a soundtrack. <laughs> I That is a train that is wreck so that promising. I'm like, happy to watch happen. <laughs> this is like going to be as bad as like the Spider-Man musical. Yes. Mm. Yes. Ed Sheeran, Turn Off the Dark. Yeah. <laughs> also, the thing with Ed Sheeran, everyone pretends to not like him, but everyone loves his music. I think he's also one of those guys where you think that you don't like him, and then you're like – you like the song when you're at CVS or whatever, but you don't realize it's him. Yeah. I think he sneaks in. He also, does. I have Shazammed a few times and then and been real mad to see Ed Sheeran come up. That is, <laughs> like, I really yes. have. My Shazam, like, oh, no, it's you again, is always Chris Brown. Like, every time oh. I'm like, oh, this is good, this is good. I'm like, no. That's true. I've had that, too. I've had that multiple, you know what, multiple times. If you saw Ed Sheeran at a bar or a wedding reception, you would kick it with Ed. He'd be cool. Mm-hmm. He'd be I, cool. The other thing with him is I think the reasons people say they hate him, I don't want it. They're like, he's not good looking enough. I'm like, well, I don't that, I don't want to get on board with that. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm like, well, I, yeah. I don't want to bully him on the terms that have been offered to me. Uh-huh. Yes, and I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, I think that's that's right. All right. Who won this game? 
Ed Sheeran. Mm. Ed Sheeran. <laughs> right. We all Ed Sheeran. I also want us to get like three PJ Vote laughs in the clear. Just yeah. to save. PJ, go. You can just pipe them in yes. whenever you need PJ, them. Go. Now. Oh, I feel so bad. <laughs> I love it. Okay, we're going to close the show now. Um, we are almost done, I promise. Before we go, I've got to make a quick plug for Tuesday's episode. So as you guys know or may not know, every Tuesday on the show, it's a different format. It's not the Friday format. We do a deep dive where we catch up with one person or tackle one big topic. This coming Tuesday, I talked with one of my favorite writers. Her name is Anne Helen Peterson. She's a senior oh, culture God. writer for BuzzFeed. And she has a new book out with a racy title. I'm going to give you that title. Drum roll. Also, parents, skip ahead because it's a lot. The book is called... Too Fat, Too Slutty, Too Loud, The Rise and Reign of the Unruly Woman. This book is great. I read it. I loved it. I talked with Anne about it. Great conversation. Um, She looks at powerful, successful women and how the culture treats them and and what it says about the state of the modern woman. We talked about Lena Dunham, Nicki Minaj, Kim Kardashian, Hillary Clinton, Serena Williams. The list goes on. Even if you're not a woman, you'll (laughs) like it. I promise. Such a smart idea. And even if you aren't unruly, you'll like it. I promise. Uh, So check back Tuesday for that. All right. All right. Now we're almost done. We end the show as we always do. We ask our listeners to send us the sound of their own voices, sharing the best thing that happened to them all week. We encourage them to brag. They have done so. Brent's put a few of them together. Let's take a listen. My name's Elizabeth, and I'm recording this from the driveway of my brand new house that I bought with my husband this week. And the best part of my week has been having my parents and my sister and my friends all come help scrape paint off the walls and move radiators and do everything you need to do to make this our first home. Hey Sam, it's Rachel, and the best thing that happened to me this week is I got home from vacation and got to be with my cat, who is currently sleeping on my chest. My name is Matt, and I just listened to Jay-Z's new album, and I love it. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) That's my friend Matt. This is Emily calling from Richmond, Virginia, and the best thing that has happened to me this week is my college roommate, who hasn't lived in Virginia in almost 12 years, is coming home. The best thing that happened to me this week was I took my first banjo lesson. My wife bought me a banjo for my 31st birthday. I've always wanted to learn, and I can't wipe the smile off of my face. So I was in New York last week, uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, I love that city. And um, I matched with this girl on Tinder who uh, incredibly smart, great conversation. Um, and she recommended these two podcasts, NPR Politics and It's Been a Minute. Yes! <laughs> uh, tried it out last week. Really enjoyed it. You better marry her. <laughs> and so I'm probably going to be a regular. Uh, so yeah. number one, kudos to you guys. And number two, thank you, Chloe. Chloe. Hey Sam, my name's Olivia. I'm from Chicago and I just wanted to call to tell you about the best thing that happened to me this week. Um, I, after studying for my LSAT for over a year, I got my score back today and it was really, really good. It was just about what I wanted it to be and I set a pretty high goal for myself. Um, So now I feel ready to apply to law school. Oh my god. And I'm just so so happy about it. Oh my goodness, Olivia, I give you snaps. (laughs) I do. Hey y'all. This is Ace from Fort Worth, Texas. So at the end of last week, my wife and I found out that she's pregnant, which is already amazing news. But the best thing to happen this week was that we got to surprise my mom with the news on her birthday. She has been grandma crazy for a while now. (laughs) So seeing her expression change when she realized why there were baby booties in her gift 
made us just so immensely happy. She was jumping up and down and crying, knowing that she'll finally have a grandchild. So thank you so much for letting me share the moment with you. Hope you have a great rest of your day. And thanks for the show. Have a good weekend. Bye. I love humanity. LSAT. Shout out to LSAT because I took the LSAT and bombed it. Did you? It's a hard test. Yeah. So like I understand the tears. I understand the tears. Uh, thanks to all those voices we just heard. Elizabeth. Rachel, Matt, we'll just disagree on Jay-Z, Jenna, Emily, Billy with the banjo, Amar, and Chloe, good luck with that, Olivia, and Ace. Thanks to everyone for sharing those. Even if we don't fit yours into the show, know that we listen to each of them and we love hearing them. And literally, there have been so many days where I just cry tears of joy at my desk as I hear these. So thank you guys. Keep sending them. If you want to share your best thing all week, you can do that anytime throughout the week. Record yourself and send the file to samsanders at npr.org. Okay, mama, we made it. Zoe, PJ, we're done. Thank you for hanging out. Cue music. You can hear Zoe Chase on American Real Life Stories. Yeah, that's a thing you should Google and search for. You can find PJ on the Gowanus Canal Canal in Gowanus, Brooklyn, hosting a podcast called Reply All from Gimlet Media. Just had... 100 episodes? 100 episodes. How's yeah. it feel? It's crazy. Feels like a lot of episodes and not very many episodes. Okay. Uh, profoundly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're going to do more of them. Is the plan. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a few shout outs. It's Been a Minute was edited this week by Jeff Rogers and Steve Nelson and produced by our very own Brent Bachman. Brent's dog is named Salty Squires. Find him on Instagram. My dog is named Zora Neil Hurston. Find her creeping up in your mentions. Okay, refresh your feed Tuesday morning for Anne Helen Peterson we- and our conversation about unruly women. Until then, thanks for listening. Zoe, what's up? Can we shout out Manoli Weatherall? Do it. Okay, so we're here at the NPR New York Bureau where I used to work, and this is Manoli Weatherall's last day. She is an engineer here in New York. She has been bringing you the sound of NPR longer than you may have been alive, average listener yeah. to this podcast. <laughs> She's been at NPR for 38 years. This is her Shout last out Manoli. day. Shout out Manoli. Engineers. Engineers speaking make of, this Speaking happen. of the invisible being, uh, you know, prominent yes. and strong out in this world, engineers make this happen. They make so. it happen. Thank you. All right, guys. Santa Gold, Jay-Z, thank you, Jay, I guess. Uh, thanks yep. for listening. Talk soon. Don't forget to call your mother. I don't know. Bye. Have a great weekend. <laughs> 